0: You're listening to 15 Minutes to Freedom with Ryan Nidell, the no-filter, no-BS show dedicated to your expansion in business, body, and relationships. Sit up, listen up, and let's go. Welcome to 15 Minutes to Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Nidell, and today's episode is Burying My Best Friend. So this episode's a little somber for me. You know, most, most of the episodes that I release are... More impactful, more insightful, more of something. And this one's a little bit out of left field for me. Um, It's out of left field because I've had to very recently bury my best friend, a man by the name of of Miles Dawson, a man that was a part of my company, a man that was uh, a brother, a man that was part of the Warrior Brotherhood, um, a man that I had a tremendous amount of respect for, literally my best friend. Um, Unfortunately, Relapse after years of sobriety and um, died died alone um, after relapsing on heroin. So I have jotted down some things after this morning's meditation to help me process through this event. And I'm literally going to sit back and just read them and kind of see what comes out. So this is more scripted than most of my podcasts, and this is a little more painful. Fuck, this is a lot more painful than anything else I've done. But I know that I'm supposed to. And I know I'm supposed to because it's going to matter to somebody. Because this is the first person I've lost that's close to me, and when I say close to me, I mean this man was my best friend. I mean, literally everything that I can think of, I did with him. So I know that I know that I'm supposed to share this. So I'm trying to find peace in what's happened. So as many of you know, my best friend Miles Dawson died Saturday, March 3rd. He died alone in a pit of despair. And a pit of despair, regretfully, with a heroin needle still in his arm. Miles had battled on opioid addiction his entire life. At least his entire adult life. He never knew what it was like to walk around without a monkey on his back, begging him to make a bad decision. Now, Miles' path into opioid addiction wasn't based off of a unique upbringing or a crazy situation. It was based off of becoming ill his senior year of high school being admitted to the hospital, having a lung disease that he was put on Dilaudid for seven months, was on Dilaudid drip for those seven months. And when he got out of that and was able to be held up and had a Dilaudid pen that his father was given to pump him as he was wanting to walk down the aisle of graduation, that Dilaudid drip eventually turned into you know, trying to wean him off of that and getting him into Oxycontin. And when the Oxycontin prescription ran out, he, he ended up turning to heroin. And Miles battled this in and out of, you know, that was obviously when he was 18 and Miles passed away at, at 29. So when I first met Miles, there was absolutely no signs of a struggle. I had no idea, sort of just general knowledge, that he was any sort of an addict. I had no idea that he was fighting. I, all I saw was signs of a man who had created this positive message about overcoming struggles and addiction. Miles was frequently called upon to share his message at local schools, local meetings, local groups that needed to hear success stories of sobriety and triumph. Not only did he, Miles graciously accept these invitations, but he thrived in the environment. Miles was hell-bent on being someone that you could never forget. Someone that inspired great change. Someone that made a tremendous difference in the world. And in Miles' short 29 years on this planet, he did. You know, for the next six months of my life, after meeting Miles, we literally became inseparable. From early morning gym sessions, teaching him about digital marketing and sales processes, to when Lindsay and I, my fiance, would travel. He'd stay with our dogs at our house, and we'd call him Uncle Miles. That went all the way into life advice. I mean, Miles and I were connected. Many times, we'd walk around, and people would ask us you know, how far apart we were in age because they thought we were brothers. We had this different type of connection. We were one and the same. You know, a funny story about Miles is almost every morning when we were training at the gym, Miles would lift up his shirt and say, Daddy's getting abs. He was convinced he was below 10% body fat. I mean, every day he would remind me how much more ripped he was than I am, how much better his abs were than mine. It was hilarious to experience because he actually believed it. Now, to take that a little bit further, Miles, when I I had him go to a bod pod and have a body fat test done, whether it's right or wrong or the, the percentage is correct, Miles test came back and he calls me sheepishly. He goes, Man, I'm like I don't know what to do. I'm like, why what's wrong, buddy? He goes, Well my body fat was twenty percent. And that sounds really high and it's not, but it was just this this funny story that went on. So through that, you know, Miles asked me to start teaching about proper nutrition, macronutrients, supplementation, sleeping, recuperation, muscle activation. I mean Miles took to this shit like a fish to water. You know, it was literally like my little brother that I was able to help guide on this path of information that I'd already accumulated. You know, the he did everything to a T other than the diet. You know, the man loved a cheeseburger and french fries. He's the pick of eaters I've ever seen in my life. I felt particularly accomplished getting him to try some guacamole in his last two weeks on earth. One of my last memories of him was I came into the office with a bag of Chipotle and had a you know, burrito or whatever I had, but I had chips and guacamole. And I was walking around, you know, chalking some of the guys and had a burrito in my hand. And I look back and Miles was a little devouring my chips and guacamole, almost seeing if he could eat them before I could come back and save any for myself. He was in awe of how good it tastes and how much more he wanted to experience that he was missing out on because he realized that whatever the stories he told himself that got him to this point weren't completely serving him. You know, he realized that this, I can't eat guacamole because that I wouldn't lead him wrong, that it was something that maybe he should try. That was Miles, though. He was hard-headed. He was stubborn, but willing to expand. He was literally one of those guys who was looking for more around almost every corner. see, Miles was this man that could make anybody smile and make everybody feel at ease. He had this knack to light up a room, a certain love you you felt around him. You could just tell it was him. Like Everything about the man was just power and positivity and energy. You see, the outside world, Miles was no longer a quote-unquote addict. He was someone that had beaten it. A man so full of life, so healthy, so happy... He had the world by the balls and he loved to make sure that you knew it. But inside his mind, unbeknownst to me, there was this constant battle being waged. The battle between good and evil. The battle between light and dark. I had no idea Miles was in a dark place. I was around him every day. We spoke more than anyone ever in my phone. If I would scroll through my phone, every third call was Miles wanting either information, advice, chat about something. It was just all the time. He was fully integrated into every part of my life, just as a best friend should be. The, the voice, as I called, the guiding force, whether it's God or whoever it is, for me, just that divine intervention streamed through me the Friday before his death. It, it, it rang out to me. It said, call Miles. He needs you. I didn't listen. Keep going about my Friday morning. It's a busy morning. It's here in Columbus. It's the Arnold Classic. Then the hammer comes down on me. It's, it's a little like this this cold surge that says, fucking call Miles. Something's wrong with him. So I did. I picked up the phone, as I often do or often did, and talk, began talking with him. I said, hey, buddy, what's going on? What are you doing? I don't remember exactly what he said. You know, it's a little painful at this point. I don't remember. I don't, I don't have any idea what his response was. I think it was that he was moving into a new, new condo at that point. I so said, Miles, I have something to ask you. Are you okay? I Am mean, I get this gut feeling that you're not good? This feeling that you might be ready to use again? And I never thought that about Miles. In the six months I'd been around him every day, there wasn't one sign to me on the planet that Miles was struggling. It never crossed my fucking mind. Miles was healthy. Miles was happy. Miles was full of life all the time. But this time, a higher power. Something else told me he wasn't. Of course he said no. He said he was fine. I kept poking and prodding, but he was insistent I was crazy. He hadn't used in years. He told me he would never think to do it. He wouldn't want to disappoint me. It it didn't even cross his mind over and over, over again. Unfortunately, this is the last time I spoke to Miles. Sometime in the next 12 hours, Miles decided to use heroin and died standing over his sink with a needle in his arm. Now that, I can, now that the dust has settled and I can put together more of the pieces, I realize the inner turmoil that Miles experienced. And I can't believe I didn't see it. I can't believe I missed what I didn't know I was looking for. Miles was drinking more, just never around me. And if anything I know from other friends that have shared this disease is that addicts shouldn't drink, but I didn't know he was drinking. Miles was not financially sound, but he did a great job of saying he was, he always had a a reason or excuse or he said everything was fine. Miles was struggling to find the right path to walk down with a woman and be the best version of himself. But whenever we talk about it, he always had a plan to make it happen the right way. Now, Miles didn't want to disappoint any of us. That wasn't who he was. He was a, a pleaser. He was a fixer. He was a great guy. But above all else, I know Miles didn't want to disappoint me. I held Miles in this high standard because I knew what he was capable of. I knew the standard that I held him to, that he could exceed and that he could beat. And I thought he would. Miles passed away in this pit of despair. He passed away alone, scared, filled with turmoil that didn't need to exist. All he needed to say to any of us, anybody that loved him, which was 1,800 fucking people at his calling hours in a small town in a rural Ohio. All he needed to say was help, and we would have been there. But he couldn't. You know, that wasn't Miles. Miles couldn't let us all down. He couldn't raise his hand and ask for a life jacket. His pride wouldn't allow it. The disease wouldn't allow it. His love and respect for us all wouldn't allow it. It's painful to know there was so much more for Miles to experience, so much more life for him to live, so much more he won't get to experience. But all that fails in comparison to the thought that my best friend's last breath were taken alone and in the new apartment he was so proud of. Empty and void of all belongings, as he was to be moving in. Because Miles was full of love and full of light. That's all he ever wanted the world to see in him. Was just that. It was that love and love and light in Miles? And through this, I didn't get an opportunity to to, to share a eulogy at his at his. Ceremony of life or at his calling hours and I probably wouldn't have been good at that time to do so I ended up after meditation needing to get more of this stuff out so I wrote a eulogy That um Is the next little part of this and Brother I can't believe you're gone From the moment we connected there was an energy and a bond that was palpable I know you weren't the best at big words, and you had way too much fucking pride to ask what thing, big things meant, so I'll spot you on this one. It means to be touched or felt. Your energy, I could feel. It would appear the outside world as we were brothers. Of course, you had better abs, better style, a much better beard, and were almost as big as I am, but that was only if people who were keeping score at home. And you and I knew, no one keeps score. You had this incredible ability to make everyone around you feel at ease, feel so at peace. Which is incredibly ironic considering the turmoil you were faced with right before your ultimate demise. You see, Miles, the world needed you, and the world still does. Your legacy is immortal. Making the world light up in joy and and smile or in your presence seemed to be your job, and a job that you did so easily. I don't know a person on the planet that spent a time in your presence that wasn't completely enamored with your charisma, with your energy, with your exuberance you brought to the world. It was Everybody. You just had a way about you. A way now that I can be open with you, I've always wished that I had. You were never able to find a stranger, never able to be outdone, and never found a woman that didn't quote unquote want you. Tammy Miles, we had a lot more times together, brother. I promise to take you on your first private jet. Have you experienced your first $50,000 bar tab? and help you negotiate that new Audi RS5 you've always wanted. I promise to help you create financial stability and discipline that no one ever showed me at your age. I promise to hold you accountable to help you see the path to be a better man, a better husband, a better father, and a better leader. I promise to make certain you didn't make the same mistakes that I had already made. And above all, I promise to watch out for you and always have your back. I'm sorry I failed you, brother. I'm sorry I wasn't a better wingman for you on this one. I'm sorry I didn't honor my commitment to always have your back. You deserve more time here with us to help us to expand further than we ever thought possible. You deserve that one final do-over. If anybody does, brother, it's you. But perhaps you finally took my advice and started to eliminate what doesn't serve you. The gifts you had for all of us to love and to cherish were just too much for the mortal body you were given. The light you had to shine was much brighter than you thought you were able to get through your motivation and teaching. The energy you admitted was beyond what a simple creature could ever truly understand. I choose to believe the voice that I now so consistently get to hear is somehow you raining down your love and light through me. You see Miles, just because you slipped up doesn't mean that I stopped loving you. It doesn't mean that I've turned my back on you. It doesn't mean that I think less of you. It means you made a mistake. And Lord knows every one of us has made mistakes. It just so happens this mistake has been made. And because of that, you and I can never speak face to face again. But it doesn't mean I'm not here for you. I still am. I always will be. Miles, I love you like the brother I never had. I'd do literally anything to have you next to me. Cracking jokes and making me smile. That was one of your many blessings, making people feel at ease. Now I sit alone, quietly searching for that easy feeling that you were so great at creating for all those around you. I believe that you're still around me. That you're still here. That you're still connected to me. And I'm trying to put me at ease. What I need for you to do right now is put everybody else at ease first. I need you to take the pain away from the thousands of other people that are affected by your absence. They need you first. I'll be alright. You and I know one of the five rules of warriors to always take care of your brother. And you will do that for me in time. As I will for you. Miles, you're an incredible man. A man I'm honored to have shared my life with. A man I'll never forget. Thank you for being the light that started each day for me. And the love that helped me finish it. I love you, brother. I'm going to miss you something terribly. I'm sorry I wasn't there for you when you needed me the most. Thanks for listening to this episode of 15 Minutes to Freedom with Ryan Nidell. Do Ryan a favor and share this with others in your life that need to hear it. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. For more content just like this, head over to RyanNidell.com. That's R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com.